Hi, I'm Sandra. This is a show of conversations about motherhood, parenting, and all the good stuff we call life. Follow me as I spread mommy joy and share my stories. This is a different kind of mommy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to your to a different kind of mommy. I'm your host Sandra Sims, and I'm here for another episode. I'm with the special guest Bella. Hi, Bella. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Happy Friday. How are you? Happy Friday to you too. What's happening for you and your family this weekend? So we are actually getting ready to uh, celebrate our Sabbath uh, tomorrow, which is like the best time ever because it's like a whole day of rest for me so nice i'm so excited about it every week good good so i'm so happy to have you as a guest because let me tell you i've been wanting to talk with someone about homeschooling forever and so when i start when i found you on instagram and started following you and your family i'm i was just so intrigued that you homeschool six kids so i want to hear all about it so today's topic is homeschooling mama are you ready I am ready. (laughs) Why don't you give us a little introduction of who you are and about your family? So I am Bella and um, I am part of a family of eight and we live in Central Texas. We became Texans almost about two years ago. We moved here from California. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. So um, Texas is a new experience for me. Uh, people are very, very nice here, but it's also very hot. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the kids um, are very excited to be in Texas. It's their first like real move away from our our family, which is mostly in California. So it's just you know really an exciting time. We're getting to learn um, new spaces together, which is always exciting. Nice. How how old are your kids? So I have a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 6-year-old. Nice, nice. I too am from I too am in California from New York originally, but I'm up north, so I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area. So it's it's much cooler here than how it was in LA, and it's definitely cooler than Texas, but I do love hot weather. Yes. Um, I actually went to school in uh, Northern California, Humboldt. Oh, yes. Okay. So that's up north for me too. Yes. Okay. Way up north. <laughs> what transitioned you guys from California to Texas? Um, you know, it's, it's really expensive with oh, yes. like ours in California. And, you know, we knew it was only a matter of time before we would have to get out of the Dodge, so to speak. So it was either we, you know, stay in California and not make it or move to, uh, you know, more affordable state. So between Texas and Atlanta and Texas kind of won out. Yeah, I will say that that's one of the hardest things about California, especially in the San Francisco Bay Area, because, you know, we have Silicon Valley. It is very, very expensive out here. Um, and I could barely afford it with one kid. So yes, I would. I can imagine how it would be for you guys of of, of nine of you guys there, or 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 eight. Yes, I mean the food bill alone is just astronomical. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, let's dive into this. I've been so intrigued by homeschooling because I just, you know, I just always had a lot of questions on how mommies do it, on why families decide to do it, on, you know, the educational route, how it plays on social aspects. So I feel like speaking to you, we could get the nitty gritty and answer all my questions at the same time. Yes, you can. So can you tell us a little bit about why you and your husband decided to homeschool your children? Well, um, it's a very interesting conversation. One, (laughs) it was not my idea to homeschool uh, our kids. Um, I actually went to college to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I taught high school English. And so... I was, you know, I grew up in the public school system and I felt like it worked for me. Um, So our kids started off in private school. And once the kids kept coming, we decided "Mm, private school might get a little bit expensive. So we, uh, you know, took them over, withdrew them from private school and put them in the public school system. And they were in a really good school. And while they were in school, a friend of mine asked me, she was looking into homeschooling her kids, and she had asked me if I could help her to look into how to get started with it, because I'm like the research queen around. Got it. Okay, got it. If you need something to be found, like, I can find it. (laughs) I'll remember that, Bella. (laughs) And so I... I just like dove right in. I'm like looking it up. How exactly do you homeschool? And we found a seminar in San Diego where we were. And we dragged all the kids to the seminar to go and see what it's like. Because honestly, I've met some homeschool kids and I thought that they were very weird and they were my Mm -hmm. cousins. So um, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want my kids to be the weird kids. Right, right. And so I went into this seminar really close-minded. I had no desire to homeschool, but I was just trying to be helpful. Right, gather information. Yes. And in in the seminar, there were children who had been homeschooled themselves who are now adults that were looking into homeschooling their children. And I found moms from like all walks of life um, that were there that just, I mean, they swore by homeschooling being the best thing ever. And uh, the lady in charge of the seminar, she had homeschooled three of her children and they had all gone on to college and were all in really good careers. And so I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then my husband looks over at me and goes, you could totally do this. Right. right. I looked at him and I was like, are you crazy? Like, there's... (laughs) I don't want to do that. Like, what do you mean? And, uh, you know, so after that seminar, we didn't really talk about it too much. Um, it was just kind of like, Oh, I did what I was supposed to do. I gave her the information. And then once my my daughter, our, our, um, third oldest out of the six, um, we had put her in what was called transitional kindergarten because she was born later in the school year. So they cut off the the dates for enrollment yep okay and so transitional meant that this was a school year for kids that were born after the september 30th cutoff before the january 1st start got that yeah we have that here in california the tk Mm -hmm. yes and so 
I w- I enrolled her into that. And that, you know, when they were talking to us, they assured us that our kids were pretty much doing a curriculum that was set for kindergartners. And at the end of the school year, if the kids were successful, they could move on to first grade, even though they had been born later in the year. Once the school year was over, um, they actually reneged on it and was like, all of the kids are going to stay back oh, and really? in kindergarten. So it went from transitional kindergarten to kindergarten. And I was just amazed because I'm like, why would you allow these kids to not thrive? Like my daughter was reading, she was writing, she could do math and everything that a kindergartner could do, she was doing, but they were going to keep her back in kindergarten. That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And so at that point I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do that. And so that's when, you know, I began to think about homeschooling. It was because of my third oldest daughter. Cause I was like, I did not want her to have to repeat a grade that she was already successful in. Right. Right. That's where our homeschool journey started. And so instead of her going into kindergarten, like all of her other friends, I actually moved her up to first grade when we started uh, homeschooling. So now she's a year ahead of all the kids that she went to uh, transitional kindergarten with. So that's a good transition. Let's talk about the grades because I've always been wondering about that. How do you, okay, so it sounds like you guys, it started off as a research project for you. Then some things went haywire with the school and you decided, okay, let's move forward with this homeschooling. Talk a little bit about this curriculum. How do you get started with the curriculum? And then how does the grades work with the kids? Is it exactly the same? Um, No, it's not exactly the same. And a lot of people, when they first start homeschooling, it's always a curriculum, the curriculum, the curriculum. Oh my goodness. It's the curriculum will drive you insane. Mm. I mean, so many homeschooling families put so much emphasis on their curriculum. And I understand because you want your homeschool kids to be, uh, you know, academically competitive with their counterparts, their public and private school counterparts. But I think that so much focus goes into the curriculum that the child's learning style gets lost. Mm. And so um, I was one of those homeschool parents that was like, curriculum, curriculum, curriculum. And I made the mistake of focusing so much on the curriculum that our first year of homeschool was just a disaster. It was an absolute disaster. Wow. Okay. So you found out that the curriculum, I mean, at least you were self-aware with that, that it wasn't going down the right path. And yeah. then you say, okay, we have to back it up. This isn't working. So what, it, what's the alternative? If it's not the curriculum, curriculum, curriculum thing, then what, what, what did you do? What, what's the next thing? So what I had to do is I had to reevaluate what I was doing. So what I was doing as a homeschool parent was I was trying to recreate public school at home. Mm. So I was trying to get our kids in the same, like I bought the same reading books that their public school kids, that their public school um, peers were doing. So everything about public school, I had brought home to our homeschool. We were sitting at our kitchen table for like eight hours a day, miserable, trying to get through every single subject, reading, spelling, writing, math, science. All book work, just a bunch of book work, book work, book work. 
and the kids were miserable. I was miserable. And I didn't know that what I was doing, you know, I thought what I was doing was what I was supposed to be supposed doing. To do, yes. Yeah. You know, you take your kids out of school, but you still got to give them school. And so my idea of homeschool was duplicating everything that they had just gotten out of, which was not the best idea. And um, so once I realized that I had to step back and figure out what kind of curriculum would work for our kids and what kind of homeschool would work for our kids. And that's when I discovered that there's so many different homeschool uh, styles. So we take on the more relaxed homeschool style where um, our kids only do certain subjects a day. So on Mondays and Wednesdays, we'll do language arts. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll do math. And if we can fit science in there, we'll fit some science in there. If not, on Fridays, when we have no real book work, we try to get science stuff out. We'll go on different field trips or, you know, we'll get our science in that way. Hmm. I'm glad I'm glad you said that to me, right? Because I've always wondered... I mean, as someone who's done public school and and Catholic school my whole life, I always envisioned that you're sitting at home eight, nine hours a day with your kids at the table, exactly how you said it. And I would say, how could anyone stand to do that in in a closed home, you know? Yes. I would cry at night. I really would. I would be sitting (laughs) on the edge of foot on my bed and I would literally cry because I'm trying to do everything that... I was doing as a public school teacher. I'm trying to keep track of grades. Like I would give them assignments. And then, you know, at nighttime, I would be grading the assignments while the kids are sleeping, just to make sure that they understood before we could even move on. And if I found that they didn't, you know, really understand, then I would feel like a failure because I'm like, why couldn't they get that? Like that was easy, you know? So I spent a lot of time miserable. And I was making the kids miserable. And that was one thing that I didn't want to do um, in our homeschool. So you go to this more relaxed way, and I'm sure that eased everyone into it so much better. They, our first year that we had moved into the more relaxed homeschool, we were done with school in three hours. Really? And from that moment on, we do not homeschool for any longer than three hours a day. That is so interesting. So, okay. So talk about this three hours a day. So so do you like lesson plan as well, like other teachers may do and, and do all of that ahead of time? Like, how does this, I guess my question is for three, I wish that I can be in school for three hours a day, right? Why is that different for someone at home? you know, who is homeschool based and how does that work for different age of your children? You know? Yes. So remember I said I was the research queen, right? Right. um, In my research, I was Googling how long do kids need to be in school a day to meet the, you know, education requirements. And to my surprise, it was only three hours a day. And so I'm thinking, well, if it's only three hours a day, why are these kids in school for seven hours? Like, what are they doing? And most of it is filler work. Mm. And I found that schools uh, attribute everything in time. Like from the time your kid goes to school until the time they end, they 
attach all of that to a time. So if your kid was in recess and they went uh, from the classroom to go get water, they count that as academic time. And kids need so many hours of academic hours in order to, I I guess, have a completed school year. That's interesting. See, so someone like me would never know that. Um, Yeah. And so when I did the research, I found that little kids, especially kindergartners, first graders, second graders, up until fourth grade, which is where school really starts, Mm -hmm. real school happens in fourth grade. Everything else is just building. Right, right. So if your kid doesn't read by the time they get into second grade, it's no big deal. Who cares, right? It's not, I mean, well, not who cares, but it's not like crucial to your education and your academic path. Yes. Okay. And so once you hit fourth grade, though, that's when it becomes crucial to your academic. Mm. So you're, they, um, I've read study after study that says, you know, your fourth grade reading level determines how well you do later on in your academic life. Interesting. Yes, which is very interesting because if you're not up to reading standards in the fourth grade, you can fall behind um, and there's no catching up towards that. And that's why a lot of students, if they're not up to reading um, standards in the fourth grade, they actually just really never really catch up. And so they struggle they struggle and then eventually will drop out. Mm. So now you as a mom who, you know, who has gone through public and private school, gone through college, does one need to have some kind of qualifications to be a homeschooler? Um, Different states require different um, things in order to homeschool. Most of the states do not require any sort of teaching credential or anything in order to homeschool your kids. Got it. It's really up to you. Um, In California, what I liked about our time homeschooling in California is that there are so many charter schools there that Mm -hmm. give you the option of, um, what do they call it? Independent study. Yes. Yes. And so what that means is that if you wanted to homeschool and you just didn't quite know how to do it, you can choose the independent study portion of a charter school and they will um, give you all of the books that you want whatever curriculum you want to choose. And they'll also give you an educational facilitator who will help you decide which curriculum to use, what's good for this kid, what's good for that kid. And then they show up to your house or the library every 21 days to get um, samples of your kid's schoolwork. So every 21 days, they just want one page of math, one page of reading, one page of writing, and you still get to choose your great you still get to uh give your kid grades and they just really what they're there for is to help you get organized and to help you be successful in homeschooling your kids so that's what i really liked about um homeschooling in california because after the first year was such a disaster i knew that i needed help and so i enrolled the kids into the charter school to try to help me out help me to get more organized And after, I believe it was like two years or three years or so of doing that, once we moved here to Texas, we now have the foundation that we needed and we can just continue it. So the transition was smooth for you in that aspect. Yes. And we still, even then we're only doing homeschool three hours a day. So is that, is that, is, is that, um, independent approach, independent study approach, charter approach, not available in Texas or, or yes, they also have that. 
they do not have it in Texas. Mm -hmm. Texas is one of the states where you do not have to report your kids being homeschooled. Okay. Mm, interesting. So, yes. So I don't have to give them anything. So in Texas, I can just say, hey, my kid's homeschooled, and that's the end of it. Wow. They don't require any testing for our kids. Really? No. I don't have to report to an educational department. I don't have to uh, produce any grades or anything. The only requirement here in Texas is that um, they take a good citizenship course. So to prove that at least you are teaching them something, you're not lying and, and saying you're just keeping them home, but you are teaching them something. Yes. And good citizenship is so vague. I still haven't figured out what that means. Interesting. I mean, but is something like that good? Um, it could be good for people who want a hands-off approach mm. on their homeschooling. Um, when we were in California, it can be overwhelming um, to have somebody come every 21 days and like we need this 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 and this um having to report attendance was required in the charter school mm -hmm. um you know um they give you uh what's called educational credits mm -hmm. and you use those credits to sign your kids up for uh different activities uh swim lessons music lessons horseback riding anything that you want your kid to participate in they give you the credit for that here in texas if you want to homeschool your kid, everything falls on you. It's interesting, right? It's really fascinating because it's almost like just a different, I, I mean, it's 2019, right? It's just a different way of looking at education, right? Whereas to, we've kind of been conformed to thinking you must be in a classroom, you must be in it with all these hours a day or, or these hours in a day. And when you're not doing that, you know, it's easily, even for myself, right? It's easy to pass judgment. Like, are you really learning? Are you really being educated, right? And so it's just something different. Yes. And homeschool parents, you know, we think about that a lot too. Like, are our kids really learning? Are they understanding what, you know, we're doing? Why we're doing it? I mean, we have those same pressures that parents who send their kids to public school have. You know, am I equipped? You know, am I doing a good job? All of those things. Um, do you have like a homeschool mommy community or like tribe and, and, and these are like your homies and you guys get together and share stories and share things? I did have that in San Diego. Haven't quite gotten around to that here in Texas. Got it. Um, because in Texas, everything is, is so far away. Yeah. Um, um, so... I had a few mommy uh, friends who were actually here in um, Texas with us. And we would, um, I think it was a couple years ago, we decided we we're going to start a co-op here. And so I went to her house twice a week. She came to my house twice a week. And then we had our free Fridays. Now, as much as I love doing that, the drive still felt like I was driving to school. It work. Yeah. And so I'm waking up early, rushing the kids. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. You might as well be in school. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sitting in traffic, you know, trying to get back home from her house. And as much as I loved it and the kids loved it, it just felt too much like school for me. And so I just decided that while it was great, we would just get with other homeschool families here when it came to field trips and outside activities. 
Mm, okay. So talk about your, your routine. Cause I know you said it's, it's pretty relaxed. You, you guys have school for, for about three hours a day. Is it one of those things that you guys wake up all eight o'clock in the morning, everybody bathes, everybody gets dressed, everybody eats, and then we school, or it's just like, Hey, whatever, 10 to four, 10 to two, whatever we're going to, we're going to go to school. How does, how does that look for you guys? I really wish it was like that sometimes. <laughs> started off when we had our very first when we started off that's what it was everybody was ready to go by eight o'clock and now it just seems like the kids are just they're just sleeping in more and more and more <laughs> and like nine o'clock like guys get up and have some life within you let's go right my goal is to try to be done with homeschool by lunchtime every day and unfortunately, my kids have learned how to sleep in, which is great for me, but not so great for them because it just means like we're doing this all day, which is not what I want to do. Um, and so our typical day kind of starts with the kids, you know, falling out of bed. Um, they get they get themselves dressed because I really feel like a part of our daily schedule is getting dressed because it helps us to get ready for our day. So if we want to go out to the library, um, you know, an hour into school, everybody's dressed, we can just leave the house rather than being in their pajamas and being like, hey, guys, you need to go get dressed so we can get out of here. More um, time. Yeah, then more time spent. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so every day they are, you know, they got to get up. They have to get dressed. Um, my oldest daughter, she pretty much is um the breakfast maker I was gonna say she's the one that cooks for you guys yes I see it on Instagram Mm -hmm. like the breakfast maker so she'll make sure that everybody gets their breakfast and um you know I'll just kind of mill around to make sure that nobody's destroying anything and then about typically on a good day we'll start school about nine nine thirty latest maybe ten and then you know you asked earlier and I never did answer um how does the curriculum work? So, and do I plan? I don't plan. I really wish that I did because I feel like sometimes it would make my life much better or easier actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, our kids on the, in their workbooks, they are uh, given assignments. So on Monday, it'll say reading, it'll say um, writing, and it'll say, uh, what did it do? Reading, writing, uh, reading comprehension. So they'll do one page of writing. They'll do one page of reading grammar. That's what they do. They'll do one page of grammar, reading, one page of grammar. And when I say reading, I mean reading comprehension. Mm-hmm. And once they're done with their page, they're done for the day. Really? So I've had days where kids have gotten done with their work in an hour. And they're done. The only thing else that I require is that they read a book sometime during the day. Got it. Where do you get these books and workbooks from? Is, is there like, is there something that you're following that you're getting it from? Where do you get it? Because like, when I think of this, I'm like, she can't be like just picking the stuff from up like Barnes and Nobles or something like where, where do they get this stuff from? Okay. So I, over the years have found curriculum that I've actually absolutely loved. Uh-huh. And I've gone through a lot of curriculum, like, and if it doesn't work, I just chuck it. Chuck and it. I, mm-hmm. Um, if, and that's what I tell a lot of homeschool parents. Don't keep curriculum that is hard for you to understand. 
or that your kid doesn't understand. If it's hard for you to understand, you won't be able to teach to your kid. And if your kid can't understand it, if you understand it and they can't master it, chuck it and find something else. So um, our math uh, that I have gotten over the years that we absolutely love is Matthew C. Love, love, love Matthew C. And I love it because of its repetitiveness. So the kids will learn one skill for each uh, book, I guess you can say. So um, my, let's say my fifth grader, she's working on decimals and percentages right now. The, the, her entire book only deals with decimals and percentages because Matthew C. works on mastering skills. And when she's learning one skill, they stick to that one skill until she's absolutely mastered it. And my third grader, she's working on uh, division. Mm-hmm. So she, her entire math is only division. So they started her off with one digit by one digit. She's moved on to two digit, uh, one digit by two digit, one digit by three digit. And then they move her on to two digit by two digit, two digit by three digit. And by the time she's done, she should be able to do two digit by however many digits inside the house. Mm-hmm. So mastered that entire concept. So it's not like teaching her one thing, stopping, teaching her something else, going back saying, Hey, you remember you did this three months ago? It's the same thing. And it carries throughout the entire book. How does that work now with the, and, and because I don't know, cause I don't have a, a child in this age, my daughter is still in daycare, right? So we're not at that educational standpoint yet, but I do know a lot of, I hear a lot of parents talking about like this new way of math and this core, this core math. And so if they're learning it that way and, and other kids are learning it a different way, does that even matter? It doesn't. It doesn't even matter. I mean, because with math, in essence, right, all it matters is that you can show your work and you can get the answer, right? And whether you get the answer right or you get the answer wrong, my thinking is if you can articulately articulately tell me how you got to this answer, I'm going to say you understand what you're doing. Whether the answer is right or wrong, if you can take me through all of the steps that you need to get to to get this answer, I know that you know what you're doing. Because fixing an answer will come with time. Right. Do you ever feel like there are subjects you're not knowledgeable or fully equipped with teaching them that you have to do? My son is just, he's the oldest and he's an algebra and comes with an honors track to it. And this algebra one honors is killing me. I'm just Mm. like, I don't, I don't, he's really good at math. So he doesn't really require a lot of my help. But it's like, I'm like, what in the world? Once they started switching out numbers. With yeah, letters, letters. Mm, and symbols. Yeah. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Like, you're just going to have to figure this out all on your own. And Matthew C is really great because they have an 800 number. And it's a hotline that, that kids can call if they ever have any problems getting um, understanding any of the concepts. And in essence, then, then I could teach you too. Yes. And so I'm like, if you don't understand, call the number. Tell them you don't understand how to do it because I don't know what to do. I can't. Uh, Yeah. But how I find curriculum, um, Lakeshore Learning is a really good place. It's kind of expensive, but if you go there, you can look and see like a lot of the curriculum that they have. And I would go and find that same curriculum on Amazon. Okay. 
So I kind of stick to like grade level things. So um, if I'm doing grammar, I'll try to find like a fifth grade grammar book. Mm -hmm. And then the kids will use that grammar book throughout the year to work through it. Once they're done with that grammar book, they're done with the year's worth of, of the language. And so you also grade them and test them uh, just like any other school would, right? No. Not really. So it's just more for you of making sure they comprehend and can get it. And so then that's their learning. Yes. Because my thing is if they can teach it to one of their younger siblings, I know getting it. And I mean, so, that's the test right there, right? Yeah. If you can, can teach you it. Explain it. Can you teach it? Can you teach this concept to somebody else who's never heard of it before and they can understand it? So mm-hmm. I love that concept. And I've taken on that concept with the kids a lot because like I said, my son, he is in algebra one. My daughter right under him is in pre-algebra. And so next year when it's time to start her algebra, he's going to have to help her. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't help him. So then my question is, are they, are they even in any kind of grade system? I do have a grading system for them because, uh, especially for transcript purposes. So some kids will go to college. Some, uh, some of them will go to other places. And do you homeschool college too? No. Oh, because I was like, that's going to be another podcast. <laughs> no, 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 I let the professionals do that. Like, I'm a professor. No, but I do um, put together transcripts for each kid for each school year. Mm. And, um, and that's just so that um, when, if they want to go to college, whoever wants to go to college, they're going to be looking for those transcripts to see what the kids learned and what their grades were. Right. I don't know anyone who is who I mean, I've, I've literally don't have any friends who are homeschooled or who have homeschooled. So I'm just so intrigued by this. And it's just like new information to me. But I do follow a lot of people like on Instagram. And I do see that it tends to be like a, a common thing now or a big thing now. So it's always just been something I had so many questions about and just wanting to understand how it works for families. Cause I do see, di- like sometimes I see people out and about and I'm like, aren't they supposed to be in school? Like I, yeah. I just don't get it. Right. Yes. But you know, what's really funny is that, um, people now I think, well, you know, they know what's at the grocery store, which is really bad because we spend so much time there. But, um, a lot of people, when they, you know, see us out and about, some people will ask, you know, are you guys out of school? And the kids would be like, oh, no, we're homeschool. And like the, the smiles that come across their faces is just so funny to me. Like, <laughs> homeschool. And I'm like, okay, because yeah. that big of a smile for homeschool. <laughs> would you ever entertain the thought of homeschooling someone else's kid that you, that you guys are home in your house and just relax if they come to you? You know, I don't. I tried that a couple years ago. Uh It's really hard because unless you have another family that's doing the exact thing that you're doing, because homeschool is so uh, customizable to each family. Mm. And so you would have to find somebody that's doing the exact same thing that you're doing. And they're at the exact same pace that you're going at in order for that to be successful. Interesting. So um, when I was doing it with another family, 
they weren't at the same pace that my kids were at. And so I was spending more time trying to get them with them than I was with my own kids. And I felt I was kind of doing a disservice to my own kids because I was spending so much time trying to get them on the same level. It's almost like you're losing focus now and and trying to be more of a focus to that kid to make sure they're learning. I get it. I get it. So that, that kid would have to be, you know, have started at the same time doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Bring somebody in to, um, a train that's already moving. Yeah. It's almost like it would be beneficial if everyone were like cousins or something of the sort and lived in the same house, then you can start it like that. Yeah. I can see that. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about some benefits and drawbacks. And this is of course, just for your kids and your family. And in your opinion, what, what do you think some of them have been for you guys? So the benefits of our, of homeschooling for us is just the freedom time wise. Um, there's some days where, I wake up and I'm like, I just don't feel like it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. that becomes a free day. And so that's one of the benefits. Um, There's, there's sometimes when, you know, kids are not in the best moods and I have to kind of change the scenery Mm -hmm. and that's when you'll catch us at the library or, you know, you'll catch us at the, the, the water park or something Mm -hmm. like that. And so just the idea of us not always having to be here inside of our house is one of the benefits for me for homeschool. Like we can just take it on the road with us and we've gone on family trips where we've just taken our books with us. And if we get to it, we get to it. If we don't, we don't. I really want to get to be one of those families that homeschools like on the road. Like that's, that's oh, yeah, the people who do travel full-time kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be that family that is just like, forget the books. We're just going to do hands-on learning and just learn all the things. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how that is ever going to work, but, you know, I have big dreams. Yeah, it's a goal. You never know. Yeah. Oh, so what about some drawbacks? What do you think about that? So some of the drawbacks are, you know, just getting our kids to understand that you know, life is different from homeschool. You know what I mean? Like you guys just kind of roll out of bed whenever you feel like it. But when you have adult um, requirements, you're going to have to wake up earlier. You're going to have to, you know, be more present and things like that. So Ah, I see kind of flip the switch and know when, because they're not quite adults yet and they don't have full structure, but there is time when it's not like fun and play in school. Like then it's real life. I see. Because, you know, if, if they don't, I try to explain to them that, you know, oh, I don't want to do it. Yeah, as an adult, you have to do things you don't want to do. Right. So um, I think with um, homeschool, they, they get to make their own schedule. And it's not always going to be like that as an adult. You don't always get to make your own schedule. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to, but it doesn't really quite work out that way for them. I look at, you know, I mean, we all see it in the press and, and what's happening with the media these days around, you know, what's happening in schools, teachers being underpaid, kids, you know, um, behaving poorly. And I do, I, I, I think you've said something key, right? Like if you're not in the mood or if the kid is not in the mood and you change the scenery and things might go, you know, differently. And I feel like that's something that 
traditional schools lack, right? Like a lot of times kids act out and behave because they're bored or because they're not feeling good and, and they just don't have that option. Yes, I agree. Um, especially for uh, little black boys. Of course, yes. Especially mm-hmm. for little black boys. And we had our own experience with that, you know. Um, Talk more about that. Our son is really bright and he can pick anything up really very, very quickly. And when he's bored, he's just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that firsthand when we started homeschooling. Um, he was in public school and he would get done with assignments and he would just look out the window and the teacher would be like, oh, well, you know, um, we were testing and, you know, he was just kind of staring out the window. And I just want to, you know, talk to you about that and make sure that, you know, that you explain to him that, you know, it's very important. And I just kind of looked at her and I said, well, was he bothering anybody? Right. And she's like, well, no. I said, was he being disrespectful? Well, no. Um, so essentially, he's not bothering anybody. He did the work. You're just concerned about him staring out of a window. So then and it becomes a label. She's labeling him. Yeah. And so each, it seemed like each week she had something else mm-hmm. that she could say. And so I finally, you know, and I went up to the school because, listen, if you need me, I'm there. Right. And I went up to the school. I sat in on his class. I watched him. I watched the other students. I watched how the teacher was towards him and how she was very different with the other students. And, you know, I had a talk with her and I said, listen, I've watched you in your environment with my kid. And I want you to understand that when you come to me and you talk to me about my son, if we feel like it's a punishable offense, he gets in trouble. Your offenses are not punishable offenses to us. And unless my child is outright disrespectful, he's keeping kids off tasks. I really don't want you telling me anything else that he's doing. Mm. How does she take that? How, how was that received? She just kind of looked at me and mm-hmm. then um, never had a problem with her for the rest of the school year. See, but I love that you were attentive to that you know what I'm saying as to maybe another parent maybe myself maybe who knows would have just said okay and spoken to him right because how many of you know how many how many times does this happen to our little boys or our little girls whatever and then they come home they get in trouble and and it's repeat it goes back to the same thing and then they're like the bad kid at school you know and that's what I was afraid that she was going to try she was going to try to do and that's not what was happening because remember I told you our kids started off in public in private school. They learned how to uh, write in cursive in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. he got into the public school, they tried to um, discourage him from writing in cursive. Yep. yep. They said that was a third grade. Um, what did they say? That was a third grade um, skill. skill quality. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted to wait until the third grade for him to continue in cursive. Mm. And so each night when we're doing homework together, he's, you know, trying to write in print and his print is not the greatest. His right. cursive is better because that's what he's been doing for so long. And he would literally be getting anxiety like, no, I'm going to get in trouble with my teacher. Yeah. And I'm looking at him like, listen, kid, I'm in charge. I don't care what your teacher said. Right. So now he's stressed and he's stressing you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
And so I had to go up to the school again. And I'm like, this is a skill that he has. You will not take that away from him. Mm. And so they allowed him, not that they wouldn't, to continue writing in cursive. And so when he actually got into third grade and everybody else was learning how to write in cursive, once again, they tried to hold him back. Oh, well, you know, I guess part of her, part of the teacher's thing with the cursive was trying to get everybody um, excited about learning cursive. So she had what was called a cursive uh, license. You know, if you could demonstrate that you knew how to make all the cursive letters and put the letters together, then you could get a license and you could there after, thereafter continue to write in cursive all the time. Well, so well, it sounds like a more her thing than a learning thing. Than a learning thing. And so he asked her, you know, I already know how to write in cursive. Can I just try for the cursive test? Oh, well, no, we want to go through it all together. Mm. So I had to make another trip up to the school. Stop trying to hold him back. Let him take the test that you're, you know what I mean? And then that's when she was explaining to me, well, it's not really a test. It's just encouragement to get them excited about writing in cursive. Mm. Mm. So there's a lot of things that I had to deal with in the public school that kind of helped solidify the need to homeschool. Right. So it sounds like you've, you, you, you and your husband feel like you've absolutely made the best decision for, for your kids to homeschool. I believe so. I, mm-hmm. I do. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. But I think we well, it's hard, right? It's never easy. Even, even for a teacher in, in the physical school, it's never a teacher's job is hard. Yes. And my husband, he is actually still a public school teacher. He teaches um, biomedical sciences. Mm-hmm. And so he deals with high school kids every day. Yeah. Yeah. So he, ha- he, you guys all have firsthand. <laughs> so it's not easy, but yeah, I do. I do understand. How, how does that work now? If you, has your children ever, ever asked you or even think about it? Like if they ever said, Hey, we're tired of homeschooling. We want to go back to regular school. What would you guys consider that? Well, my son has said that to me. Uh, last year, he was like, I don't want to homeschool anymore. I want to go to regular school. <laughs> but I'm like looking at him and I'm like, are you serious? Like you're going to take a three hour day. He's like, you're going to take a seven hour day over a three hour day. And so um, it was more trying to sit him down to understand why he would want something like that. And at the end of the day, it was mostly because friends of his that we see on, you know, when we keep our Sabbath, they go to public school and, you know, they're making it seem like it's such a great time. They're miserable too, but Mm -hmm. he wanted to be able to experience, you know, what these people are experiencing. And I'm explaining to him, well, I don't have a problem, you know, what, if you wanted to go uh, experience a classroom setting outside of home, I wouldn't sign him up for public school. I would sign him up for the community college Mm. and he could do dual enrollment that way. So Mm. if you really want to have the classroom experience, I wouldn't put him in public school because that would be putting him back. Right. Push him forward into the dual enrollment program where he could pursue while he's pursuing a high school diploma, he could be uh, pursuing an AA. Yeah. So I guess it's good that it's more of his um, just just 
his fear of missing out. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, in his, in his defense, you know, he's the oldest. He's surrounded by a lot of girls. His little brother is, you know, eight years younger than him. And so, you know, my husband has kind of stepped up his game and, you know, kind of taken on the task of, you know, getting him out more to do, you know, male bonding time. Got so, it. You know, just kind of letting him have a space for himself, not always around sisters and little kids. I see. Got it. Hmm, interesting. I want to I want to dive into the social aspect part of homeschooling because I think that's a, a big thing too. Do you ever feel like your children or do you think that they have the tools that they need to handle social settings? I mean, it's a lot of them. So they are social within themselves, right? So it's not like it's one, one kid all day home by themselves. And I'm pretty sure as well that they have friends, but do you think that they have those tools that they need? Example, like, can they make friends? How do they handle conflict with their peers, understanding different social issues. How does that work for you guys? So the social aspect is like my favorite part of homeschooling because people go, how do you socialize your kids? And it's, it's really funny. uh, That question that we get asked a lot because, you know, they are around their peers, kids, their ages and they fight amongst themselves and we have to teach them, you know, how to express themselves in words when they're upset. And they, while they, my kids are very friendly and, and I, and I make the, the joke that they can make friends with a rock. Um, <laughs> be my friend, let's go. I mean, my friends can meet somebody and be like, Hey, this is my new friend. And I'm like, you don't know them. Like, uh, but they're just really friendly and outgoing. And my favorite part of homeschooling is that they are not only required to socialize with kids their own age, they can socialize with adults. And so when we're out and about, I love that my kids can go up to an adult and be very confident in asking them for what they need or saying no thank you or things of that nature. You know what I mean? So like my kids spend a lot of time, you know, outside of the house. And so they are able to interact with people of all ages. And my favorite part is just, you know, going to the grocery store because we spend so much time there and being able to interact with people at the grocery store. Hi, I'm looking for this. Can you help me find it? Got it. Yep. Okay. And I've noticed that like a lot of kids, some kids um, are very shy when it comes yes. to talking to adults. So they'll head cast down. You know, they don't really know what to say um, and, and things like that. And my kids are like, hi, I'm looking for the bananas. There's none over there. Do you have some in the back? And I'm like, oh my gosh. Or we'll be out and, you know, the kids will be like, oh, that's cool. How does that work? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are being weird homeschool kids again. Um, just <laughs> always, always having questions, always wanting to know how, you know, such and such works. Like, it, it's just amazing to me how they are able to just social, they can make friends with anybody. But, but I think... I I look at your kids all day long on Instagram. And of course I know nothing about them in real life. I do feel like what helps them a lot is that they have 
it's a lot of them for each other, you know? And so you're, you're going to have issues with siblings, right? You're going to have conflict. You're going to have different personalities. I think that they might have a better upper hand than many other homeschool who's, um, homeschool kids because it's probably one or two of them were to, they're already getting, you know, these skills because they're with, uh, they're amongst each other. Yes. And they uh, learn how to, you know, they have conflict amongst each other and they're yelling and they're screaming. And then I just kind of sit back and I just try to figure out how they're going to fix it. Yeah. And so I try not to, get too far into it. You know what I mean? They, they have, um, my oldest daughter, she's had issues sometimes with her friends where she feels like, Oh, um, you know, they're being mean to me or nobody wants to do this with me. And so, you know, I'm like, how do you feel about that? How, how do you think we should go about that? And you know, when she doesn't know, we go to the library and we find books that deal with things like that. I like that. I mean, cause that's any other issue that any girl would have, right? Like any other child teenager would have. And so you're kind of standing back and looking at it from the aspect of a mother and a teacher, right? How, how are you going to solve this? I like I think, yes. And I think everything is a teachable moment because I'm like, Oh, your friends are, you know, Oh, my friends are talking about me and I don't really like it. Okay. So what about it? Don't you like well, they're saying this. Okay, well, do you believe that about yourself? Well, no. Okay, so let's talk about other people's opinions and your opinions and how either they won't align or sometimes they will align. And do you need to work on that? Or is it just doesn't matter? And so, you know, we we, we work on uh, the American Girl. I love their series because they really deal with a lot of things, changing body changes emotions, how to deal with friends. And I just, I love those kinds of things that can help kids feel like they understand what's going on as they're getting older. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. Okay. Cause I don't remember what it's like to be 12. Right. Exactly. And so I don't want to pretend like I know, like I have a vague remembrance, but I don't, I, and I tell my kids all the time, I'm not, you're ever knowing, know all, be all. I don't know everything. And so what I don't know, I find the answers to. And so that's what I'm trying to equip our kids with. So if they need, you know, if I feel like they need something, I'm like, how do we go about getting this information to you? You're building those researchers too there. Yes. And I mean, it's, 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 it makes sense, right? Because their everyday 17-year-old life is not how it was for us back then, right? And so... Right. There's like social media. Yeah. There's Fortnite that drives me nuts. And, you know, there's just all sorts of, you know, TikTok, Snapchat, all of these things that weren't around when I was their age. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. Okay, good. How do you guys deal with milestones? Like what happens to like proms and graduations and homecomings that they'll never get to experience? Do you like recreate that for them at home or it's just, they don't know what they're missing. And so they're not really missing it. It's mostly like they don't know what they're missing. So they're not missing it. Mm, okay. So, I mean, when I was growing up, you know, prom was like such a big deal, you know, as, as, 
people have gone, it just seems to be less and less and less of a big deal. Like prom for my parents were like this big shindig. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> I mean, it's so stressful. Yes. Champagne <laughs> parties, you know, inviting all the family over. We're all watching them get into it. I literally have video. My grandmother has video of my mom's prom. Like in a limo with her friends and, you know, it just being this really huge milestone in, you know, my mom's life. And my prom was nothing like that. You know what I mean? Like when I went to prom, we didn't rent limousines, you know, kids. Oh no, girl. Yeah. Oh no. (laughs) My mom was like, let's get a limousine. And I'm like, don't embarrass me. Are you kidding? (laughs) Like, no. And by the time my little cousin had gone off to prom, like they're renting like exotic cars, you know what I mean? To send them off. Even the dresses. You see the dresses these days? Yes. And I'm like, these kids have like, I'm like wondering where they're going. Yes. And these people, like their parents are spending, it seems to me like thousands of dollars. Thousands. A one night where kids are literally just standing around. Thousands. (laughs) Oh, just yeah. standing around listening to music. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, I was like for us, my mom would have never done that in the first place. That that shit would have not been allowed. <laughs> no, like I'm serious. It's like a, a four or five hundred dollar dress. Like, are you getting married? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. can we get out of this dress? Like, <laughs> where are you wearing this dress to? Are we having proms twice a week or what? I need to get my money's worth. But no, I think that the 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 just the I don't know prom experience has really dwindled as you know time has gone on and although it's like a a really I guess public school kind of thing it it just doesn't mean as much these days as it did to you know my parents right yep yep I get it hmm yeah that's just it's a lot yeah. I really feel like at some point it'll be obsolete. I hope so because the I, I feel like these where are these people getting all this money from? Like I, I feel like a girl's hair can be like thousands of dollars right there. Yeah. And you I'm know? sitting here and I'm just like, I'm not going broke over any of this. Like, oh thing, yeah. Yeah, agreed. I want to move into really quickly kind of maybe some tips or some advice you possibly have. Do you think all families could benefit from homeschooling or is it just, you know, this is a decision that is really dependent on the family and upon the child? It's so funny you ask that question because my husband and I were just talking about it. Like last night, it was the night before last. We We were heading back home um, after getting together with, uh, friends and we were talking about how homeschool doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. The concept of homeschool sounds great, but the actual work that you have to put in is completely different. And homeschool is not for the faint of heart. You know what I mean? Like you have to have some sort of dedication to it. You have to have a reason for it. And if you're just going, if you're just doing it because you think that it's something cool to do, you're, you're going to fail miserably. Yeah. Like you have to go into homeschool with a reason, a model, a mantra of why you are trying to, to homeschool. Like you have to know what your intentions are at the end. 
And like we said, because it is work, right? So that make no mistake, there's no easiness to this. No. And you know, there there's we talked about it. There's good days in homeschool, there's bad days in homeschool, just like any other job. And you'll want to quit and you'll want to kill your kids sometimes. And then you realize that it probably wouldn't be the best idea because gel's not fun. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of say, all right, we're done for the day. Everybody walk away. You know what I mean? So my idea of homeschooling is not to torture my kids. It's for us all to learn and to, to grow together and just have the time together. So at any time, if I'm homeschooling and I feel like the kids are just like really becoming like hard headed and they're just, you know, very stubborn and they're not going to get it. And they've dug their heels in and nothing's going to happen. And we're at like a standstill or we're at a standoff. I just stop and I, eh, we'll, we'll try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I never want it to feel like it, you know, like, like it is harder than what it needs to be. I see. Yep. And I've, and I've always just made a, 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 just a conscious decision not to teach my kids random things that they really don't need as far as homeschool is concerned. Right. Right. No, I love that. I want to be mindful of our time because I know we can talk about this forever, but I really want to transition to the point of talking a little bit about yourself, Bella, because you have a lot of things going on with yourself outside of being a homeschool mom. So I'm really excited for your new endeavor, Mommy Nation, with your partner friends. Talk a little bit about that. So Mommy Nation is a community for moms everywhere. Um, and it's just, it was, it was put in mind because, you know, as black moms, we don't always have like a lot of, hmm, like resources close to yep. us, yep. especially Agreed. when it comes to parenting. And I think that, um, a lot of times with us, um, we want to be mothers, but we don't really know how to do that. Or um, we kind of internalize a lot of things that motherhood entails. And we don't want to tell anybody that we're struggling. And so uh, Sonia Richards-Ross, um, she's the um, Olympic gold medalist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually um, had the idea of putting together 25 moms from all different walks of life and having us to kind of come together and give our experiences good, bad, funny on what it means to be a mom. And just putting together tools that other moms can, can relate to so that we don't feel so alone in this motherhood journey. I love it. I think it's so great. You guys have a lot of good content. I've been reading the blogs. I've been keeping up with the Instagram page and I'm like, oh my God, I love this. This is wonderful because you, like you said, sometimes finding resources for a black mom um, is hard, right? And so you want to be able to have that inclusiveness and, and feel like other moms get you. Yes. And that's exactly what motivation is all about just being able to say, I can relate to that. Like, oh, I know exactly how she feels with that. Or, 
oh, I was experiencing that and I didn't really want to say anything. I'm so glad that you said something. So now I know I'm not the only one. Yes. Yes. I'm definitely going to link it on the show notes because I'd love for people to check it out and follow you guys as well. Yes. It'd be perfect. I think that it's such, it's such a great uh, platform for moms to have. Nice. Nice. So before we wrap up, I have one last question for you. I want to know, what do you do for self-care? You have a lot going on. How do you find some time for yourself and what do you do when you're by yourself? Oh my gosh. Okay. So every day I have tea and that's just my thing. Like I start my day off with a nice cup of tea that my daughter makes for me. She's eight and she's, she's our tea coffee person. She loves to do it. And so, you know, she'll bring me my cup of tea and I just have like that little quiet time for myself in the morning um, just drinking my tea and mostly I'll finish it by the time it's like really cold, but just having the idea that I could have something for myself um, that nobody else in the house can have. It really helps. Um, I love candles. Mm. And so anytime, you know, I am feeling down, I love to just buy another candle. Candles are my thing. Uh, books. I love to read books. I try to read at least two books a week um, just to keep me sharp because I'm surrounded by little kids all day. Yes, and yes. Uh, I like to keep my mind sharp with, with uh, new things because, you know, English major, always love books. And I, um, I have a gym membership and I run horribly on a treadmill at the gym. but you're running right so you're you're doing something you're running more like dying Uh, (laughs) more like dying uh I tried cycling I love cycling uh my butt hurt really bad yes you have to find the pads it it hurts at the beginning Mm -hmm. yes and I was like in this class and I'm like yeah because in my head I'm thinking soul cycle you know oh yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. so I'm like oh I'm gonna go cycling and then actually doing the class I was like yeah I think I'm gonna die (laughs) I'm not going to take this class anymore I'm just gonna stick to the treadmill so uh, I, that's what I do for uh, self-care. And I like to hide in my closet and eat snacks. <laughs> well, I love it. I love that at least you're practicing self-care. You have some things down pat and you are, you know, faithful in doing that and taking care of yourself. Yes, because if I don't, then everything falls apart. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Bella, for sharing um, this one, your wonderful experience around homeschooling and definitely sharing your family on um, Instagram. I love you guys so much. I'm always following you guys. And I'm just so happy that you're a guest on the show. Yay. I'm so glad that you asked me to do it. I had a great time. Thank you. And enjoy your Sabbath. You guys have a great weekend. Thank oh, you. Well, I look so forward to it. And then Game of Thrones. Oh, oh yes. Yes. <laughs> have another talk about Game of Thrones. I know. An, an own episode of Game of Thrones panel. Yes. It would be great. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Bella. That was great. Nope problem i had so much fun i feel like we could have talked forever i looked up at the time and i was like oh my god it's running over an hour i don't want to keep her so much longer oh no my 
kids, I introduced nap time around here. So I don't have, I'm like, oh, it's really quiet around here. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'll send you the final, I send you everything final through the email. I really appreciate it. Yay. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.